Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Woman in Gold. Welcome to me, a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on existence and more. And at the E-Bar, Fragments and DJ Red Lion perform on Friday, July 3rd. The Bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. For more information about their hours, listings, blogs, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. Just before we get to uh, this episode, let's take a look at the old Patreon.com Creative Control tote board and see if we have any updates. I think the last time I checked, we were at 34 patrons and uh, $193 per month. Again, the goal is to reach $500 a month in Patreon pledges by the end of August. And uh, or else the show stops. The show just stops what it's doing. It doesn't exist anymore. So that's the goal. And right now we are at ah, we're still at 34 patrons at 193 dollars. There's been no movement uh, since the last time I checked in on this. So uh, if you are on the fence, uh, please uh, pick a side. <laughs> if you want to see the show continue, please uh, consider pledging something uh, a monthly amount. It could be anything. It could be a dollar. It could be four dollars, eight dollars. There's a bunch of uh, suggestions. Uh, what do I have here? Yeah, one dollar, four dollars, eight dollars, thirty dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars per month. Uh, if you want to pledge something, that would be great. Uh, there are incentives. We can do uh, promotional ads for you if you pledge a certain amount. You, we are in the process of creating T-shirts uh, for the show. Uh, if you like, I can maybe get you tickets to something. You can figure it out. You just got to pledge. So please consider pledging. We want to get to $500 a month to keep the show going. On this episode, Jose Miguel Contreras from By Divine Right is on the program to talk about his band's 25th anniversary. They are playing a big show on Canada Day here in Canada, July 1st at the Harborfront Center. It's a big all-star show celebrating uh, every iteration of By Divine Right. And, uh, and it should be really fun. I'm going to be there. Apparently, I'm doing something there. MCing, I think. I, I really don't know. No one has told me anything. So I'll be there for that. And also, uh, the band is also playing uh, the Hillside Festival at the end of January. Uh, January. At the end of July. July 24th weekend in Guelph. So seemed like a nice time to catch up with Jose. And uh, it was a, an insightful, interesting chat. I hope you feel the same as me, having just said that. So this is it. Myself. Jose, Jose, Jose Contreras, and you'll hear some new uh, or newish by Divine Right music as well, and that's the deal. Here it is, myself and Jose. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker, Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily 
all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerotti, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza. The pizza. Personally, I like the gourmet domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio. Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Contreras is a multi-instrumentalist producer, actor, film composer, and an amazing songwriter currently based in Toronto. Contreras is best known as the only consistent member of By Divine Right, a tremendously significant band whose list of past and present contributors include Feist and musicians who went on to form Broken Social Scene, Holy Fuck, and Sheezer among many others. A By Divine Right's first show took place in June 1990, and on July 1st, they celebrate their 25th anniversary with a big all-star concert at Toronto's Harbourfront Centre, featuring past and current members and other special guests. By Divine Right are also returning to Guelph's Hillside Festival on the weekend of July 24th, and they'll release a new record this year as well, apparently. Here now to discuss this further is Jose Contreras. Uh, hi, Jose. How are you? Muy bien, Vish. Buenas noches. Nice to speak with you. Uh, where are you? What are you doing? I am in bed. No, I'm not in bed. I'm in my room in Toronto. I, I'm just sitting on my bed, kind of like as if I was in university. <laughs> <laughs> Talking on the phone. And, um, and that, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm just hanging out here. It's, uh, I've just been running around. I'm between rehearsals. Yeah, you've been, <laughs> I imagine you've been rehearsing a lot with this big show coming up. It has, yeah, I have been. It's been really sweet, very, very sweet times. It, and you know, like sometimes you, you, one could face rehearsals with a certain amount of dread and wondering how much work it's going to be, but it just hasn't been work. It's just been really very, very lovely. Now, when you say you've been rehearsing, I imagine you need to do some, you know, freshening up. You need to bone up a little bit on some of your old stuff. But I, yeah, there you go. I, freshen and bone. Why not? I, I like to refresh my bone. <laughs> often <laughs> that's terrible Sorry. and Apologize, but i was gonna say i assume you're mostly because you've got such a long list of people who have been in the band and are going to participate with this event you're mostly bringing them up back up to speed is that what's going on yeah i just like well uh, right now we're at 18 or 19 20 20 uh um people participating on in the canada day show which is um and there's only three of us in the band currently, so it's like 17 or 16. Yeah, so, and there's a few different lineups playing. So it's like in some of these cases, and a lot of them, we haven't played together in years and years and years. So, um, yeah, it's been really cool just to like figure out the our little mini sets and who's doing what and remembering how the song's going. A lot of talking, like a lot of just laughing our little asses off. Right. Sometimes big, big asses. So we, you know, it's like the first time... We've been in a room together in decades, some of us. So it's um, we have a real laugh, and, and it's been very sweet. It's also very wonderful to see the lack of bad blood. There just isn't any. <laughs> you know, either we're all brain dead, or just whatever went down just doesn't matter anymore. Now the band has primarily always been something of a three or four piece band. No, it's expanded. It's actually it's grown. It's been all it's been all sorts of things. You're the only consistent member. Can you kind of sum up 
why you think there have been so many different lineups of what you call by divine right? Well, I mean, originally, I, the first by divine right cassette was just me by myself uh, with uh, my friend who played drums on one song who went on to become my manager hmm. in a classic high school fashion. He's like, nah, I'll be your manager, bro. I'm <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> um, and so then, like, you know, I had like some, the very first lineup was just high school friends and my girlfriend. And uh, although that lineup survived for a while, you know, we kind of sucked for like, like the, pe- people always liked it, but I thought we kind of sucked for like four, like five or six years. And, and it was when I knew what I was doing like six years in that people started paying attention maybe outside of my circle of friends. Hmm. And, uh, but as far as like, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. It, and I never really super clicked with everyone in my band aesthetically. So it was always sort of like putting it together for a little something. And I myself wasn't very good either. And, and I wasn't a very good communicator. I was kind of a man child. I hmm. hit puberty like at 30. And uh, the, the photographic evidence uh, supports this. <laughs> and, uh, and then... Uh, and then, uh, so I'm not really sure. Like in the end, like people came and went, like I, I always, you know, I wasn't lucky. I'm not like that person was like, yes. And I grew up with these three guys and, uh, and gal, and then we became a band and then we were, to, you know, I didn't have that. I'm an immigrant. So maybe my, my actual real band would have been in Chile. Right. And, um, but, um, you know, the, the thing is there were years where I thought like I, I would, it was a positive thing when people couldn't stay in the band or be like, I can't do this tour. For me, I'd be like, awesome. Now I can tweak the, now I can tweak the arrangements again uh, back you, into what I want them to be. You say you, at one point you said that some people you just didn't get along with or you, you didn't share aesthetic values, but how would they end up in a, in a band with you if you didn't have that? I never auditioned anyone. I oh. never auditioned anyone. Or maybe nowadays I've maybe auditioned a few, but like originally it'd just be like, Hey, it's, okay, you're in. <laughs> I'd be like, do you want to do this? Yes. Okay, you're in. And then, and it would, and it worked. And it doesn't. And maybe that was a bit of the sort of the laissez-faire, yeah, uh, attitude of the time, right? Like, um, and then the funny thing is that there was a few people over the year that, over the years that were crucial, even though it wasn't. Uh, the, when they moved on, it was fine. The band stayed fine. But you know that right now with Lish and Jordy. This is gonna. This is now the longest standing lineup of By Divine Right ever, mm-hmm. which is wild, right? Yeah, we're we're coming up on five years this summer since the first time I played with Jordy, and then in November it'll be five years with Lish. We're starting our third album. They toured an album. We did two albums. The second of which is about to come out, and we're about to start working on our third album together. Also unprecedented. No lineup ever made more than one, or toured more than one and made one. You know, we never I can, had. I can, some... I can hear you freaking out as you describe this. Am I freaking out? Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, I'm also like not a guy. I never liked being stuck. I always liked telling people, like, I don't like to be held on to too tight. I won't hold on too tight to you, but don't hold on too tight to me. Yeah. And um, and yet, uh, you know, I was sad when some people left, uh, uh, and or when it didn't work out, and uh, and also I was very happy when some people left. Um, uh, but whereas now with Lish and Jordy, it, it's just different. I mean, it, feel, it, it feels like BDR to me and all the biggest BDR nerds are like very happy with this BDR as I'm, as I'm, you know, as we are, we love each other. We love hanging out together. And honestly, like I can't see another lineup past this. Yeah. So it is a, it is a kind of a change, you know, and, and now that I've got my solo thing kind of going and I just finished my second solo record. I, I, an EP just came out, but I have I just finished recording a new one. Nice uh, for next year, and and it's like if if I play drums on a song, it's just not a By Divine Right song anymore. Whereas for years it'd be like I played all the instruments on lots of recordings. Yeah, I want to get to that. I want to get to that in a little bit. I, I want to. We we you've, you've mentioned that uh, Alicia and uh, Jordy are currently in the band, and they've been in the band the longest uh, longer than anyone else has ever been a member of By Divine Right besides yourself. Uh, and then you well, also... no. There's a couple members that were have been in as long as them, and one longer, but never has one lineup lasted okay. this long. Okay, sorry. Thanks. Or for this. nor made nor made this many records. Right. Mark Olstein's Mark Olstein, my my original drummer, is still the longest standing drummer. That's just probably because we were 20 and a bit kind of brain dead. <laughs> By the time he was like 29, he was like, right, 
there's other things for me to do. Yeah, the first time I ever saw By Divine Right was in Guelph at the Brass Taps opening up three nights for Change of Heart. I remember that show. And Mark, I went to all three of them. And Mark uh, was on drums, and I think Brendan Canning was playing bass. Brendan Canning was on bass, yeah. Yeah, that was a good uh, that was a good lineup of that thing. Now, so my point here is, we talked about who's in it now, um, and you mentioned that you made the first tape by yourself. Who was in the very first version of By Divine Right, though, as a band? Uh, our first very live first live show would have been me, uh, Mark Goldstein, uh, Liz Tier, um, who. Uh, uh, the only thing, other thing that she did afterwards is she played in Bobby Wiseman's band. Okay. Afterwards, and uh, Steve Berman, aka Stevie B, of uh, Stevie B, DVP, Me, please, fame. <laughs> <laughs> we were from Thornhill, so we took the DVP a lot. Oh, I see. But anyways, um, um, and uh, you know who was there? Ian Blurton was at our first show. We we it was an Elvis Monday and we opened for Guru Religion who was just at the height of their powers in nine, 1990. They were mm-hmm. unbelievable. Glenn mm-hmm. Milchin was on drums. Johnny Bore on bass. No, I think at that point it was uh, Scott B on bass. But anyways, like we were pretty blown away. But uh, Ian Blurton was there. He was the drummer in a band called uh, Union Tractor Pull. Okay. And uh, I and uh, and I remember he came up and goes, "You guys are great." And introduced himself. You know, I thought he was a drummer for years. Oh wow, that's um, interesting. And um, and but we were shit. We were terrible. I, I, I there's a picture of me at my set at the second BDR show, and I'm wearing shorts and Birkenstocks. <laughs> well, that that shouldn't have any bearing on how you sounded as a band. Yeah, I just want you to know that's how far I was from really having it together. <laughs> okay. All right, okay, that's fair. All right, so that was the first version of the band, and how did that band come about? Um. It's so funny. It's so it's so high school. I guess I made this demo, and it got around. It got passed around my group of friends, and then like Mark Goldstein was kind of a ballsy guy. We'd been kind of stoner buddies on and off in high school, and he was like, "I love your tape, man. You're better than Stevie B." <laughs> and uh, and uh, he could barely play drums, but he had a lot of balls. So he was noisy, and he wasn't trying to sound '80s, which at the time was really important to me. Okay. He, he kind of like played like Keith Moon if Keith Moon couldn't play. Okay. He's like all o- all over the map. Yeah, Mark. And I, it was just. I like this drumming. Yeah, there was just something really. It's. I mean, we played a lot of show with the Inbreds. Right. You know what I mean? It 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 worked. Right. Right. Okay. So Mark. Mark was in the band. Who was the first person to ever leave by Divine Right? Uh, I guess it would have been Stevie B. You know what happened? Um, Stevie B was in the band. He was our lead guitar player, and he had a job. He was the only guy with a job at a bank. And so we used to jam without him, and we'd jam without him but pretend he was there. <laughs> this is like 90, 90, 91. Yeah. We were so young, right? Yeah. And, um, and then we stopped pretending he was there. And I started playing more guitar. And all of a sudden, we kind of started sounding cooler. Hmm. And then he'd come back and jam, and it just didn't sit right. And then... And then we basically talked with him, and I just pointed out that he was focused on his career. I mean, it was mutual, but I, you know, we wanted him to go, and he 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 wasn't ready to commit. And we we weren't even a real band. It wasn't like we're going on tour. It was more like, yeah, we have a gig next Thursday at Clinton's. Yeah, you know, at nine a.m. nine p.m. But when as soon as he left, and the three of us, that's sort of like maybe the very first time that people took a took note. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. a couple of articles in the paper and like people like William knew was like, fuck, you know, your band's getting really good, you know? And, and we kind of knew, I kind of knew at that point, I was like, you know, I was seeing other bands and I was like, we're on to something, you know, it was still a few years away yeah. from really getting good. Okay. Now in terms of like when you, you seem to have wanted some people to leave, uh, some people left and, and you weren't so happy about that. Did you ever consider ever, Dissolving by Divine Right? Um, the only time I've seriously considered dissolving by Divine Right is right now. Uh, and uh, in the sense that what I've told Lish and Jordy, no pressure, but I just want you guys to know that like, that I would be hard-pressed to replace them. Oh, wow. I'd be like, um, and, uh, and the freedom that Lee Maslin gave me by jump-starting my solo career is that like, I can still make records and it feels like I'm still connecting with people through that. And I just love 
the chemistry with Lish and Jordy. I just really, really do. We we love each other, and the sound is right because right now we're, we're like humble. There's like a humble vibe when we play. It's not this big epic fucking thing. It's uh, it just feels really down to earth and therefore more lethal, right? And when we're on, it feels really, really kind of crucial what we're doing. And it and and so that's the only time I've ever considered like that. I could see it not. I mean, I've seen the band a bunch and many different iterations, and I was listening to your latest album over the last couple of days, and it's so killer. It makes me think that some of us take, take you guys for granted a little bit. Thanks, man. Um, you know, I, I, got, I, felt like, I felt like I've had the same certain, from, certain, uh, from certain angles, although I don't know any names, like, that I got the same review every record, hmm. no matter what. Be like, you know, like, sunshiny pop you know meanwhile like if you, my lyrics are all about falling apart yeah and uh but um thanks for thanks for saying that um <laughs> i mean it's you know like i'm 45 okay like in a way i'm 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 into unprecedented rock and roll territory mm-hmm. because i'm supposed to be beyond like totally irrelevant and i and i and i largely am but but at the same time also my art's supposed to be getting kind of more and more predictable and I feel like maybe it isn't. Yeah, no, it isn't. I don't know. Maybe. No, I agree. And so, um, so maybe that's why. You know, like you know, I remember being twenty, really caring a lot about music, and thinking that someone who was twenty six was just like, "That's it's over for you, buddy." <laughs> no, I mean, every time I've seen the band in the last couple of years, and I've had the opportunity to see you guys in like St. John's, Newfoundland, and Toronto, that was and pretty amazing, yeah. Guelph, and Halifax, I think, or somewhere. Anyway, it's always really. Stunning how great this particular version of the band is. So I, I do oh, hope thanks, it, I, I can see why you're hoping it continues. Now um, I'm curious, how would you compare Toronto's underground music scene when By Divine Right started to what it's like now? And also, what's the difference between the internet in 1990 and the internet now? Wow, that's so amazing. Well, um, in in 1990 in Toronto, it was really small, you know. Um, and it's funny to say because I feel like that guy was like that corner over there, you sh-, you know, <laughs> sure. that where there's now like huge buildings. I'm totally that guy when I talk to people. But uh, um, you know, like well, our first show was at the Apocalypse, which is where Convento Rico is at College near Ossington. Okay, that was so far west. Like we had to like we were like, where's Bathurst? Bathurst is so far west from Young Street, man. <laughs> It's like, okay, you go to Bathurst and you have to go even further. And uh, it was kind of scary. It was kind of small. There weren't that many clubs. And also, you know, like there were some bands in Toronto that were really, really great. And and it just seemed like no one was ever going to get out of Toronto. It never crossed my mind that anyone would ever have a, a kind of international career if you were from Toronto. You had to leave. Yeah. And... Um, and and I'd seen so many great bands that nothing had happened for. I assumed it it, it wasn't until like Hayden Hayden's record, uh, his first record. Because I went to high school with, with Hayden, and then mm-hmm. um, and then when the Inbreds made Combinator, our other dear friends, that I realized, wait a minute, this can actually happen. Okay, good. I'm going to try now too. Yeah. And that's kind of when I broke up the band, but only in the sense that I was like, okay, guys, I know what I'm doing. So either you're in or you're out. And then, so what iteration followed this realization? You know well, you know, I'm so glad you asked because to me, the, the, the huge unsung hero in the story, and again, it's like, it's just my little story, right? Is, is James Ogilvy oh, uh, from Guelph. Nice. Who uh, interviewed me. So watch out. He, he called me to review my first CD, and we chatted for an hour, and then we chatted for another hour, and then we started chatting about music. And then I was like, so what do you play? And he goes, oh, guitar, but lately I've been playing a lot of bass. And I was like, that's interesting because I need a bass player. And then we chatted some more. And by the time we got off the phone, he joined the band. Oh, I didn't know that. And, we, and, and I'd never met him. Oh, no, I apparently had met him like in Cambridge or something. So then we jammed and instantly the band turned. Instantly. Huh. It was instantly because he, he was the first member that I ever had that looked at me and went, cool song. What do you want me to play? As Before a, that, it was. Yeah. Before that, it was always like this antagonistic sort of high school thing, and then just for he, con- just for context here, James Ogilvy is a guy that I met in Guelph in nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven. 
1996, I would have met him. Yeah, that was the year he was in the band. That's right. And the reason uh, Jim Guthrie and Simon Osborne and a bunch of people who played music in town went to see By Divine Right was because of your connection to James. But I didn't know, I remember this distinctly. Like, oh, it's James's friend, and James used to be in that band. But I didn't really put two and two together until just now. Yeah, and I mean, James, James brought the, the aspect of not the part, but the sound. Hmm. So he wasn't like obsessed with like needing to find some cool bass part so that he felt like a legitimate human being. But like he just wanted to find a cool sound. And that's where I was at too. So finally I had like a sort of like a um uh an ally, you know what I mean? Uh and 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 I wasn't yet a good communicator and maybe I, at the time enough to to make that happen. And so the three of us that was the first time that it was like every time we played a show, it went awesome. Hmm. And it eventually to the point where it was like, it just, we were touring a lot in Michigan at the time and all over Ontario. Um, uh, the first sort of known, we'd already been on the cover of Exclaim and that version had broken up. And so it seemed like we were over, but like we knew we were onto something. And, and it was a really, that's the lineup that put together what became All Hail Discordia. So oh, okay. it was, that was arranged with, with James, me, me, James, and Mark arranged that together. We lived in Erin, and that's where I met Jim Guthrie and all those guys, Simon, Gentleman, Reg, all those guys, yeah. Nancy, Stu Gunn, all those people I met that year. Now, James, I presume, left the band because he didn't like touring, or what happened there? Again, like all I can say is give props to James. You know, at the end of that year, we were going in to make all hail. He'd just gotten a job, and he'd moved out of his mom's house. And um, I was like, you know, either you're in or you're out. And he goes, and it was, uh, to both of us, it was obvious that it was going to go well. Yeah. Um, which is, sounds very cocky, but it was like, and he was like, you know, I love you, and, but um, I need this job, and, and um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this job. And he took the job. Oh, okay. And that was it. And, and, then, uh, and we knew, like, it's funny, I remember the conversation, and uh, um, it was just obvious what was going to happen, and we both knew. And whereas, like you know, like not not to not to uh, say that there's anything wrong, but a lot of people were like, "Hey, it's going to go well. Can I be in your band?" Right. That you know, I've heard that many times, but I never heard like it's going to go really well. I'm going to step down. Huh. You know. I, I guess that speaks to James's character, and so yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, okay. And he's gone on to do amazing work, right? Yeah. The last I heard, he was doing. Um, Sound. He's a sound engineer as well, and he was doing live sound. He did live sound for Arcade Fire and a bunch of people like that, and uh, and Nico Case, I think. And in the last I heard, he might still be in England. Do you know where he is? Yeah, I think he's in England. Yeah, yeah. So he's not. He's not flying home for this. No, I wish he was. I mean, like that. I mean, like the weird thing, right? That would be the one. If me, Mark, and James played, that would be the one lineup that might feel a little bit dirty. Dirty. You know what I'm saying? You mean you'd be a bit turned on? A little bit turned on. I'm turned on when I play with all of them. But that's sort of like the relationship that was like really healthy, really positive, nothing but positive. Right. Okay. No, that's and we walked away from in a positive light. He did our sound. Last time we did our sound in Guelph in like 2005. Uh, and uh, uh, 2005. Was that at the, the Trash Tyria. Oh, that wasn't the show that you did for... I did a show with you in Guelph at some point. No, it would have been after that. You're right. <laughs> it was after. That was 2009 or yeah, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. 2010. But that one, it was a funny version of BDR. That one was uh, me on guitar, Derek Downham on drums, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Small from Mellegrove on bass, and Colleen Hicksabong on the other guitar. And and he did sound at the trash, and he was like, he was exuberant about it. Because that lineup was cool for that moment. Was that, with, he, the, was that with the Sadies? No, but we did play with the Sadies another time with the Trash, yeah. Yeah, I played that show with you. No way. Yeah, my, you playing with? my band was called the Neutron Stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like many years ago. I played, yeah. <laughs> I remember that show. We were just talking about it. Did we make you like set your drums up up front? And, like... Yeah, there was something weird that went on. Yeah, I think so. Or did maybe, no, we, sh- maybe we shared drums. I can't remember. Yeah, we were more sharers. I was just kind of making a joke. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. I don't think anything weird happened. I remember Dallas Good said something weird to me about when I was like, hey, Dallas, how's it going? Because I'd seen the band so many times, but I don't think he knew, recognized me. And he said, like, I think he was asking me if I was bringing him drugs. That's what I think. 
was going on, but I, I don't know <laughs> if that's a fact. I, you know what? I went to high school with Sean Dean. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I just remember him. I didn't think we played very well that night. I think we played pretty shit. My memory of the Sadie show is being embarrassed in front of my high school buddy. Oh. And he came up and he goes, not a bad little rock show, ho. <laughs> I just remember him saying that. <laughs> Sean's quite a character. I got to get him on the show. I haven't talked to him in, in, in a professional. Oh, I saw him the other night. Hilarious. I saw him at the uh, Blues Explosion show in Toronto recently. What? The Blues Explosion played? You mean the John Spencer? Yeah, that's right. Holy cow. How was it? It was amazing. Actually, I was I listening believe. to... What's the first song on your latest album called? Uh, Pass the Stars? <laughs> yeah. Kind of vaguely reminded me of... Oh, interesting. Did you, oh, I, take I, that I love that bass line. The bass is amazing on that song. Anyway. Okay. Thank you for explaining about the origin story there a little bit, but I want to keep going on that thread. What actually got you into music as a listener, as a player? Do you remember? Uh, that's a, that's a really good, uh, I just love music period all the time. I have no memory of getting into it. I was already into it. Were you born, I, were you born in Canada? I can't remember. No, I was born in Chile. I was born in Viña del Mar, October 9th, 1969. John Lennon's birthday. It's true. And Sean Lennon's birthday. That's creepy. <laughs> okay. Plan C-section. Creepy. <laughs> so you... <laughs> Yoko Ono's creepy. She Sorry. might She might be a little creepy, I suppose. Yeah, I think like if, if I was in a relationship with someone who was really depressed, doing all sorts of bad drugs, because he missed his best friends, I might like suggest they should hang out. Yeah, not send him away? Exactly. Be right. like, we should invite your friends over. You seem really miserable these last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you, you have no memory of your first... But I mean, like... Uh, uh, the first music I would have gotten into would have been like classical music and Chilean folk music, and uh, and then and then I was really into the Monkees <laughs> yeah. on TV just because sure. it was on TV, and then I remember like my brother and sister saying, "You're gonna like the Beatles, the Monkees suck," and I'd be like, "Fuck the Beatles," and then my uh, my dad brought home the Red album that beatles red album like, yeah i had those ago. i had the like the those two greatest hits records the red and the blue the red and the blue yeah uh, that's, those brought, are my first beatles tapes yeah he brought them like in 76 we we're immigrants we maybe 77 78 i got to canada october 20th 1974 uh-huh. it was 40 years last year and uh wow and um so sometime in the 70s he brought it home and it, it really did affect me uh huge uh and then uh and you know how yeah, Chilean bands all have like ten guys in the band, and a lot of them have beards and shit, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, so when I got the red album, hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And you know how it's a, it's a double album and you open it up, right? And you see the four guys standing on a balcony on one side and the four guys standing on the other side of the balcony. Right. There's a shot, There's the a, exact same shot when they were really young and the exact same shot as they had facial hair and hair. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought there were eight guys in the band and four of them had beards. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that, that, that those tapes messed you up in that way. Now that I think of it, the very first Beatles tape I ever owned was the Beatles ballads, but the, the, the next things were those red and blue tapes. And I tell you, because those were just like compilations, it screwed up the albums for me because I just yeah. knew those like tapes so well that I didn't even know they were albums until a couple of years later. And then I was like, I just was, it would screw up the sequencing for me many, in my head. Yeah, many years later. Yeah. Um, yeah, I taped a lot of Beatles songs off the radio during a, a like a 
top 100 Beatles songs on Chum AM, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the sequence that's in my head to this day. Yeah, it's weird. Whatever, whatever <laughs> sequence they played. But uh, that definitely jump-started me. It's funny also how huge the years, say, like from 1978 to 1982 or 83 are in my life because that seems like a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. But I guess only five or six years later, I was in high school, and I was like, you know, my first band was like I was playing synthesizer and drum machine. Or the first band I imagined I was in and tried to get going and, you know, yeah. nothing ever happened. Now, you mentioned earlier that people, uh, they, they always give you the same review, sunny, happy pop music. Uh, and you're like, yeah, but the lyrics are actually quite dark. But you do radiate a kind of positivity, I think. And I, I've often wondered where, even if you deny it, uh, I think it's true. I think you like to have fun. and I, I, I like to have a good time. It's true. Um, and I feel like I, that, that, that comes through in the music a little bit, too. Is that does that stem from an upbringing or drugs? What is it? I, uh, I, attrib- I know what you mean. Uh, I attribute it to, like, brain damage uh, or something because uh, there is, no matter what I'm going through, there's a, uh, a sort of um, optimism. Yeah. Kind of um, a kind of innate optimism is beyond my control. I'm pretty grateful for it. Like aside from the music, because life is enough of a challenge. So at least somehow I always feel kind of hopeful. My my dad is pretty. I don't know. I feel like connected, you know. And uh, and I mean, as of late, I've felt pretty lost a lot in my life. But as of late, I feel kind of like pretty clear with my purpose. And that so ultimately, even though as your life and your body and your world falls apart, there seems to be like a purpose to it all. <laughs> are, are you in a good state right now? You got, you have a family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in a good state. So that I makes mean, that makes you feel good. I, I just know that when I see you in person, in particular, when you play music live, there's like a, it's. Uh, I wouldn't describe it as a switch, but you enter a zone. It's like a bliss zone or something. I think I used to live in that bliss bubble a lot when I was younger, hmm. you know, becoming more of a grown up and having kids and, you know, being married and, and, and having your, uh, everything fall apart, all the different ways that, uh, yeah, maybe that's where I get my bliss bubble back in my music. And for maybe for a while there, I was conflicted with it too. Hmm. I definitely feel set free. I don't know how it looked like 10 years ago. Yeah. No, it does, I can I can just sense it. I feel good. I think people seeing the band these days leave feeling good about themselves and the experience. You know what I mean? Oh, really? That's that's amazing. For a second, I thought I mean like they they leave feeling good about you. You're doing okay. <laughs> no, no. I think I, I, it's it's rare to see someone. I, I mean, it's I think some performers are too cool for school. But I think at the end of the day, you're getting up on stage to make some kind of difference in the people. You know seeing you and I think I don't think it's heavy handed but I get the impression that you know you're it's a celebration when you're on stage oh man I'm I'm too Thornhill to, to have this conversation seriously <laughs> I don't even know what that means what are the people in Thornhill like <laughs> wait is, isn't isn't Gian Gomeshi from Thornhill oh yeah Gian Gomeshi I went to high school with Gian did you go to high school with him yeah was he a good he guy he older than me where do you really want to go down this road? <laughs> was he a bad guy? Uh, Did you? He, no, we, he was like he was school president. He always really bugged me, oh, he, but he was nice to me when it he had needed to when he had the time. <laughs> was he, when you, I first saw Jean Gameshi, uh he was wearing the perfect uh, new wave outfit. He looked exactly like John Taylor from Duran Duran. He had like the awesome hair with the the blonde thing at the front and the fedora mm-hmm. and the flowy white blouse like kind of pirate shirt tucked into like pleated tweed pants that went down to the peter pan getaway boots right you know what i mean that was your first impression of him yeah but uh, you know sean dean had like almost the same outfit too (laughs) was i ever jealous of those fucking assholes (laughs) and plus they could all play right and i totally couldn't (laughs) so when 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 the gian stuff took place the most recent uh scandal did you have some insight were you one of the people being like oh yeah i saw that coming on i did not no No, i i knew that he was weird and i knew that he was like kind of smarmy yeah um but i also thought you know like and and 
but I didn't know any of that other stuff. I, I know that he'd done questionable stuff like in his dating life, but who doesn't, you know, I'm not saying like, I'm not talking about questionable stuff like violence. I mean, questionable stuff like kind of creepy to someone or a bad ex or like, you know, yeah. you know, um, I think I know what you mean. I, I don't uh, know exactly. I mean, I think you mean that when relationships go sour, uh, someone I would be like, I I wouldn't be like yeah you should go out with that guy I feel weird about it. like a friend I've had friends date him but uh, nothing weird bad happened to them that they'd ever said but so I didn't know about the violent stuff but he'd done weird stuff to me too like just pretend to be my best friend like when it was obviously not there and I guess that's just him this is before he was a, uh, a journalist no I think and he, he had... took out a little book took out a little book and wrote st- is this too much personal information no. like don't put this up. No, it's don't fun. Put, Why not? Don't put this up. Okay, well, I mean, like, he took out a little bit. He'd be like, hey, Jose, how's it going? When are you playing next? And we'd be like, you know, I'm not sure why he's even asking me, you know, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then he t- we took out a little book and wrote it in great detail. What do you mean each he, t- time. he took out a little book? What do you, what do you A little think? book, and then he would take little notes about where I was going to play. Oh, I see. When you when you ran into like, did you have much interaction with him since you? Oh, once in a while. I mean, like he was the the uh, yeah, I did. I had lots of interaction with him over the years because he was the president of my school. And uh, did you play Q? Did you play on his show? I never played Q. Okay. No, but uh, but I played like he he found he started a show in my high school called Sway, and uh, and so in a way like um uh. Yeah, like that show was the first time I played live in my high school band. Oh, we were wow. the first we, we were the first band that played Sway. Well, well, Before well, that, it was like poetry readings. And what like, was Sway? Uh, it stood for some wonderful entertainment. So here, you know, it's something like it's like this wonderful thing, and at the same time, you want to punch someone in the face. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, no, some I, wonderful entertainment. Yeah. That's, um, that's but a, I mean, his politics were always bang on, so I had a hard time. Uh, I had a hard time. Uh, I had a hard time. Uh, I don't like. I don't. I like to talk about love. You know what I mean? Like rather than hate. There's so much sure. good stuff to talk about. Sure. Um, so yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. Now, did you have any other artistic interests growing up besides music? Did you get into film or anything? No, no. I Nothing. mean, I like movies. You like movies, but you didn't get into them. So, so no, I was just like, you know, that's for other people. That's like the magic. Everything's magical. I mean. I'm a I'm I'm definitely a visual artist. I mean, or I definitely like to play with visual arts. You know. Yeah. Okay. Now, you, you are you not in you're you're involved in a movie though, Porch Stories, right? I am. I am now. Yeah, it's true. Well, what is this? What is this? <laughs> what is it all about? What is this Porch well, Stories thing about? It's uh, it's uh, director Sarah Goodman's movie. Uh, she's really awesome lady from Toronto mm-hmm. uh, and uh, for me it was just an email you know an email saying hey can I give your email to my friend's friend right and I didn't know where it would lead and, and, and uh, where did it lead it led to like a kind of a really kind of be- like beautifully shot thoughtful piece and you know what I mean like that that uh, you know it's hard for me to gauge what it is because I'm in it and, and uh, but like I know that it doesn't seem like I ruined it, and also, it isn't like totally uh, um, embarrassing. You know what I mean? And then actually, it looks beautiful, and it's 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 a it, you know. So I'm really proud of her. You, know you, I mean? you have a couple of roles in this film, so to speak. I mean, you have you you're an actor in the film, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you're an actor, and then you also did the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did it with Laura Barrett, right? Who the uh, the impressive kalimba virtuoso, who can play pretty much anything she wants. Yeah, and she's a really advanced musician. But in in the movie, we play um, uh, ex bandmates. What what is and the movie about? I haven't seen the movie. It's really about a, a, a young woman who's kind of like. You know, just trying to figure herself out. That's really what it's about. And she's you, about to marry a guy, and then, and then her she bumps into her ex boyfriend, and she reconsiders her life. Okay, and you play the young woman. Yeah, I play the young woman. Um, <laughs> I wish. Um, Are you the ex boyfriend? I'm the ex boyfriend, oh. and so we jam a little bit in the movie, and we sat around a lot, as one does. Wait, is Laura uh, an actress in the movie as well? 
she's the lead. Oh man, okay. See, I didn't. I don't. I've been kind of following a little oh, bit. Wow, on it's all her. It's like she she did an amazing job, and it's like, you know, like I'm I'm in you know sixty percent of the movie. Like she's in ninety. You know what I mean? Like it's about her. Wait a it's minute, a, that comes to one hundred and fifty percent. I don't. It's a really. It's you get your. You know, there's a I lot of take a summer school or something i don't understand like, you have to, yeah like it's you know yeah they overlap a lot of those percentages okay overlap. okay i understand it's like circles inside of the circles <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so this is a new would you want to do this again you had a good time yeah i had a, i had a you know that's a tough question i had a good time it's a hard to answer but it's definitely cool you found uh, it stress I mean, you found it stressful didn't you no, it wasn't stressful. It's just like it's like sometimes people are like, hey, you still you still playing music? Hey, you, you enjoy it? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's a tough question to answer. You know, like sure. I, sometimes I really get into it. Yeah, but okay. Too All right. so you've been making I, music. I, it, was, 20... it was definitely cool. It was a very cool experience. It was uh, the whatever process I went through was really fascinating. It was at a time in my life too when stuff in my personal life was already like sort of crumbling and 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 we were b- about to move. And and also, you know, my character is kind of me, but it's kind of other people I know. And so, and then, whatever sort of like brainwashing boot camp they put you through, making a movie, it really works. So it really opens you up. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, so it was fascinating. If I had the opportunity to act in another thing that was, you know. I do it, but it's sort of like you know. I got lucky that I'm in this thing that's really beautiful, right? Yeah. I didn't know. I'm sorry to hear your personal life was crumbling. That's not good. That's okay. You know, like it's all for the everything's good. Okay. There's a nice, there's better balance. Now you have released uh, solo records, uh, or you are going to release another one. I don't know. This might be a stupid question. And you also, I was going to say, how do you know when something is meant for by divine right or for something else? But you have already kind of established that. No, actually, I actually don't know the answer to this question, even at this point in the interview. What do you, how do you figure that out when you know that something's for Jose and something's for BDR? It's funny because it's a new thing, but uh, ultimately, uh, it's morphed from one thing to the other, and it's been more vague. Where I was just try a song, um, and see what it's like. Uh, right now, the three of us are putting together the next record, and it's just, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, Vish. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. It's a mystery. But I, I just did a um, my new a new solo record, and uh, there is one new By Divine Right song on it. Oh, okay. And uh, Lish and Jordy came in and recorded that with me. And I, and it's one song that I play by myself sometimes and once sometimes with them, which is the only one. Yeah, what is that song? I think I've seen this happen live. Maybe. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll find out when I hear the records. Yeah, oh, that one. Uh, uh, maybe not. I don't think we've played it live that often. Uh, but th- I got them to play it on the record. It's really exciting. I mean, r- I guess uh, mostly rock and roll music is by Divine Right. Sure, yeah. You know, and then my solo stuff is getting... The, the most successful of my solo stuff for me is the stuff where I'm whispering. Yeah. And uh, and and that would be hard to pull off with BDR. Now, do you so have... Do, sorry, do you have firm... Do you have any timelines for these releases? Yeah, um, uh, it's, it'll all be next year. Like I, my solo EP, I guess it's funny. You know how things are so soft, right? And it could be a reflection of the sort of like infrastructure, you know, like where I'm at. But uh, because my solo EP was released in June digitally, but the vinyl is coming in in the fall. Oh, so. okay. okay. And then it's like a 10-inch vinyl. But uh, the my solo album is, you know, I'm going to, mix it this fall so it's slated for next year and then the bdr the new bdr record is tbd (laughs) okay there's one coming out now there's one coming out on vinyl in the next month which is uh speak and spell us um which we did which was done a year ago but it just took a long time to get it together and uh, we're so pumped about it though and then but yeah we're going to be recording a new one this fall winter it's like the oh. i'm moving i'm moving uh, in, a, in a month moving back to the west end and then and then we enter into the next thing okay yeah you're in the beaches or something now i am i know it was a tragic tragic uh strategic move uh, bad strategy <laughs> i mean it's beautiful here it was it's simple to we we lucked out and found a beautiful house it's simple to see how 
we made that slip because it smells nice here and it's you can see the stars and it's very uh, it's beautiful street we have really nice trees but it's it's difficult to be part of uh, people's lives when you live an hour away yeah yeah I hear you okay now this divine at 25 concert at the harbor front uh, I imagine that some things are surprised or will be surprises, but can you, what's it going to be? Who's going to be there? What is this thing going to be like? Um, it's, it's like, uh, it's going to be a, it's a big show. It's like a long show. It's like two hours. It's a long set. And it's just like a cavalcade of, uh, it's like, you know what it is? It's, the, it's like how it's, we're going to find out just how long I can go for. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Cause it's like. I don't think I've ever played this many songs in a row. And and but, you mentioned um, you're just kind of are you going in chronological order? No, no, oh, we're okay, not. Okay. Um, and uh, but uh, we are. Uh, there's I don't know exactly how many different versions of the band there are. Maybe like five loose versions playing with lots of different itinerations in there. And then um, is it itinerations? Iterations. 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 Yeah. It's not itinerations. No, that would be like a weird blending of itinerary and <laughs> just vibrations, I guess. It's like and vibrations. If there's like turbulence well, there's on your of, plane or something. There's that's... been lots of many vibrations in my band. Right. And um, so, um, and you know, like I, I didn't, that, this wasn't my plan. I wouldn't agree to do this. Kind of, I wouldn't ever call anyone up and say, dig this. This is what we should do. Whose idea was never, it? It was. Um, Jonathan Campbell from Harborfront's idea. Oh, okay. He, he made he made this happen, and and um and I uh you know spent like the first few weeks just like in a panic, so like kind of you know like answering emails were like yeah the plans are going great, but not have not actually nothing had really con- happened right. And not contacting anyone. <laughs> Who's um, actually going to take part? Can you tell us? Uh, everyone is taking part in it. Um, uh, from around 97 on with a few exceptions um colleen is in europe so she can't play mm-hmm. but uh all the juicy all the juicy not, not, the most no- notorious of my band members will be there which is very sweet now uh, i mentioned like so i mentioned feist and brendan canning Who, yeah is there someone else juicy yeah um all the yeah like uh well brian Brian Borchard. Brian Borchard, uh, yeah. And uh, Dylan Hudecki, Cam Giroux, uh, Johnny Hall, me, Jordan Lish, Sue Hayduk, uh Cam Bull, Mike Small, I think Darcy and Jay from the Melagroves. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to guess here. No, no, it's I fine. I might be it, missing some people. It sounds impressive. Uh, it sounds like a lot of work and it sounds like it's going to be impressive. I think it's just going to be sweet, uh, you know. And 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 it, it, I thought it was I thought it was going to be a lot of work, but it really wasn't. For to my great relief, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like a big chore to like play this music. It just seemed really, really, really sweet to see everyone. Everyone had a real had a real laugh. Yeah, and uh, I don't feel like creepy or anything either. <laughs> you know, it's obviously like. It's a little bit like I wouldn't I wouldn't dream this right, and I'm not into like uh, a lot of songs I don't play anymore, and I wouldn't choose to play them at a regular By Divine Right show. So it's not really a regular By Divine Right show. Like Lish and Jordy and I are gonna play, yeah, and then it'll morph into a, one version of the band, and it'll morph into another version of the band, and we'll morph into like a big group, and then we'll morph into another version, another version, and then we'll morph into a big group, and then and we'll see whether or not I can do two hours. One of the, bathroom that kind of thing are you not going to take any breaks you're just two hours straight through two hours straight you know now you mentioned uh that it was going to be a lot of work for you and, and that's nice to hear and but you very kindly invited me to participate in this thing in some capacity i did it came you were you, you know what Bisha, I, I think you might have been like the first per, like outside of me jordy and lish you're the first person i talked to i know it sounds retarded but i just like i, <laughs> I uh um but it's the truth and at the time like uh, i really am doing really well but at the same time like i am like juggling new stuff uh-huh. and at the time after having been at lanya vanya and everything that really meant a lot to me uh that time there and 
and to Lish and Jordy. And then the shows that happened after, since then, it just seemed like something changed. So as soon as I found out about the show, we talked about it. And I talked about it with the band and with, with Jonathan. And the first thing I thought was like, if Fish will do this, <laughs> then I feel like I'll be able to reach out to everyone else. I don't know if that sounds retarded. It seems a little weird. I'm I'm flattered, I guess. I don't know what you th- what kind of linchpin I'm supposed to be for this thing. It's funny, right? I just thought like cuz like you're just so f- funny and charming like <laughs> when I saw you in 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 Newfoundland and at the same time like you just seem like really genuine and like authentic and to me like I'm entering the gray zone of like a greatest hits show. Yeah, yeah. And that like and then, like, wanted to keep it. If you were there somehow, it would it would uh, mean that it wasn't a, a, that it, well, I wasn't going astray. Like, you wouldn't be like, "Are you fucking for real? No chance. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck on your sa- career sabotage." No, no. I I, I think it's going to be really fun. I'm still unclear exactly what I'm supposed to do. Can you tell me what I'm supposed to do? I just thought maybe that you could just I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I thought maybe you could come up and be like, "Hey, pay attention. Stop." Eating, a, go eat your hot dog <laughs> somewhere else. Just want me to go up there and scold people. That's what you thought, yeah. and just maybe I don't know. Like I, we we we've yet to talk about it. So I thought like maybe uh, I don't know. Like what do you feel like? Uh, I, I do don't you have like I don't know. Am I supposed to introduce each iteration or as you call it be, itineration? Be, I don't know what I'm supposed I, to do. I, wouldn't that be like really complicated? To, no, to I, do? as long as I have the names, I can be like that. Yeah. Was this version and that gives you a little. That gives you at least. 15 to 20 seconds to just re resettle you know reset <laughs> yeah i guess that i guess that's the plan yeah so in a way like i have a, a set list that i should i should i should show you <laughs> yeah yeah please do because i don't know what the hell i'm doing i know i'm supposed to be there by the afternoon but i actually yeah. don't, don't know but i'm I'm flattered and I'm, I'm gonna have a good time it's gonna be great i get i'm glad i get a good seat i presume or it's place to watch this amazing thing unfold amazing Oh, that's very sweet of you, Vish. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I and I I'm very sincere when I when like for me you were like a strength. I was like, okay, Fish wants to do this, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do the next round. And then and it's been uh and you know in the midst of it, I've been in the studio on my own a couple times and played shows and been with other bands. I've been out west and mm-hmm. and um so I've done like you know, reaching out in stages to people, right? And there's just no way for me to reach out to absolutely everyone. It sounds retarded, but I just... Uh... Yeah. No, and I've I... also been pointed out that I say the word retarded too many times, so I'd like to uh, You, you want to retract, retract that a little bit? I'd like to retract that a little uh, bit. I apologize. Right, that's fine. And you're also, uh, beyond this, okay, so I'm going to figure... We'll figure this out in the next couple of days. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. You also, you're also play, you're coming back to Hillside. That's fun. I'm so excited about that. And again... I would just like to thank you for that show. And just say, <laughs> no, like, I suggested I didn't book you. I just suggested you maybe would be a good. Well, I mean, I love the opportunity to go back and play Hillside again, and uh, and uh, I can't wait. Okay. Because last time I played was so fun. You played it a few times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know you. I saw the last one, which was like in no five. I think it was oh three. Oh three, yeah. It was quite yeah. a while ago. Okay. Well this is great. I'm glad you're it's twenty fifth anniversary year. It's great. So it's gonna be fun. Now I wanna let people know once again, by Divine Writer celebrating their twenty fifth anniversary with a big show at Toronto's Harbor Friend Center on Canada Day, July first. And they'll also be at the Hillside Festival the weekend of July twenty fourth, as I mentioned. And for more information about these things, people should visit bydivinewright.ca, which by the way currently says you're not playing any shows. I know, you know, so I, I should get on that, right? Maybe. The show's in a couple of days. Right. First of, <laughs> the, the big show, it's, the Harborfront Center show, it's coming up pretty soon. I know, I and the band's ready, and I, it says stuff on our Facebook page. Yeah, right? yeah, I know, know, I saw that. Yeah. I can't I can't brag of being like some kind of business mastermind. No. I have good ideas, and, I'm, and I have good suggestions and stuff like that, but like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rehearsed. My gear works. I have some pretty good friends. <laughs> yeah, now you just got re- to remember the login and password of your website, and then you'll be my fine. My kids are well-fed. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I did the groceries. Picked up stew from the airport today. Yeah, you mentioned that. That's good. No, no, and everything's going to be fine. I just want to 
Again, bydivineright.ca for more. .ca is totally that's, useless. That's to you. Just go, everyone go there and you'll learn nothing. That's uh, just, <laughs> just Google. Google the Google's better. Like, do people 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 probably do have really sweet websites? No, they mostly know. everyone just Google's everything. You're right. All right, you're right. Now, is there a song we can play right now that uh, from your By Divine Right catalog that makes sense? Oh my God, I have no idea. I I I have no answer for you. Do you want to play something uh, really new or something kind of from the my my favorite sort of BDR tune, uh, new newish tune is More Thorns. It's just very sweet and uh, it's like a simple song and then and yet something deep about it. I love it and it's it's the emergence of Lish, you know, as a beautiful singer. And okay, this- the sound of Jordy Dines. It's your new band. It's your band. That's what you want. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's, let's hear it. This is more thir- more thorns by by divine right, uh, Jose. Uh, this was really fun, and I wish you the oh, best of luck so with much. everything. And uh, we'll Thank see you so much. We'll see you soon with uh, some kind of itinerary or whatever for me to do. Can't so. wait the itinerary of the it- iterations. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. 
A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.